This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. It's time for Mariner's Pod. Thanks for being here once again as the Mariners get set to start a four-game wraparound weekend series against the Angels. We'll talk about that series coming up, take a look at where the Mariners are at. We'll also chat with one of our very favorites, good friend Alex Rivera stops by as he gives us his insight on what he's seen from the Mariners so far this season. Mariners off yesterday on Clemente Day. We'll also celebrate the legend, Roberto Clemente. We'll hear from his son, Luis Clemente, and also one of his teammates, Steve Blass, who just went into the Pittsburgh Pirates Hall of Fame and part of the initial class. He was teammates with Roberto Clemente. They won a World Series together, and he shares some pretty terrific stories about one of this game's great players and great human beings, certainly. So we'll talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. But the Mariners start a big four-game series, and they start it tied for the top wild card spot. It's kind of gone according to plan, at least I think. We'll see how it shakes out with Blue Jays in Tampa Bay seemingly just alternating wins against each other. So the Mariners start the series against the Angels in a tie for the top spot. 80-62, and 62, the Blue Jays 81-63, and 63, same winning percentage. Tampa Bay just behind 80-63. and 63. Uh, Baltimore four and a half back behind Tampa Bay. They've won a couple in a row, but still a lot of work to do against three teams playing well. They'll have their shot this weekend. Baltimore playing Toronto. And you have to imagine from Baltimore's perspective, feels like their season hinges on this series. Now, still a lot of games left, but... At this point, four and a half games back, even losing the series would be pretty devastating to Baltimore. So that's a big series for them. Tampa Bay will play Texas before their season really turns. Their schedule gets really difficult, and we'll talk more about that as we move through this road trip for the Mariners. This is the start of the final regular season road trip, and it's a long one. Four against the Angels, three against the A's. And then three against the Kansas City Royals to end things. Robbie Ray will go tonight, 638 first pitch. Michael Lorenzen, uh, how about this on Saturday, game two, 607. George Kirby against Shohei Otani, that's tough to beat. Sunday, 107. Marco against Reed Detmers. And then on Monday, the wraparound game, 107. Logan Gilbert, Jose Suarez will wrap up the four-game series against the Angels. Should be pretty fun. Of course, the Mariners coming off of a big win against the Padres. They split that series. Julio, incredible. Making a little history along the way. Wind up and the pitch. Swinging a fly ball deep to left center field. Going and going and goodbye baseball. Holy smokes, Julio Rodriguez into the Padre bullpen. A leadoff home run here in the bottom of the first. And there he goes. Pitch on the way. A ball to throw down a second on a hop. Not in time. And Julio Rodriguez 
is the third member in Major League history for a rookie to join the 25-25 club. And what is becoming a fun tradition as Julio and Suarez now just seemingly going to homer every single inning together. Here's the pitch of the way, swinging a high drive into the gap in right center field. Grisham going back to the one, he tracked to the wall. This one is gone. Goodbye baseball. Should be noted too, going into play yesterday with Suarez, just something to keep in mind. Uh, he has been so critical to what the Mariners have done this year. You look at baseball reference war, 4.6, that's 10th best in the American League. Fangraphs war, 4.3, that's 12th best in the American League. Fourth in homers going into yesterday in the American League, 141 games played, that's tied for third. He has posted every single day. And he's just been enormous for this team this year. Yeah, Suarez has been so big in the middle of the order, and he is on a serious home run binge. He'll try and continue to ride that out. I was pretty amazed, too. Cincinnati, really a launching pad. He had 15 home runs last year in Cincinnati. He's got 16 at T-Mobile Park this year. Of course, he's got the kind of power. It kind of doesn't matter what ballpark he plays in, but certainly been incredible to watch. And now we get a chance to visit with one of our good friends, Alex Rivera. Elevado central, hacia atrás, hacia atrás, para la calle. Cuadrangular para Ty France. Y los marineros adelante, 3 a 1, con ron número 13 de la temporada, para Ty France. This has been a super fun year. Uh, yes, what have you enjoyed the most about this season? One thing I have really enjoyed above and beyond the play on the field is actually the fans, the local fans that are finally starting to believe that there's something really happening here. You're at a restaurant and it's the ninth inning and all of a sudden folks are tuned in. No one wants to leave because they want to see what's happening. So that to me has been like really great. Um, to me, it's been enjoyable to see the fans engaged but i i'm also really enjoying the fact that and it may sound cheesy but they're having fun mm. and as long as they're having fun they're going to continue to have success out on the field when they're slamming their bats or they're hanging their heads and things like that um, then at that point you can just kind of tell that it changes the energy and anytime you're watching them and, and between julio and his infectious energy yeah. and jp crawford and suarez and Winker, like you can see that these guys are having a good time. And to me, that's why um, they're seeing the success that they're seeing. They're enjoying, enjoying each other's teammates. They're trusting each other and themselves, but they're having a good time as well. You know, you mentioned changing the energy, and it is incredible to think about Julio, his first season, bursting onto the scene. And it feels like he does change the energy every single day. Also, with his play, obviously, he's been great, but also everything else that comes along with it. 100%. I mean, you got a kid, for one, that was raised right. Mm. Number two, baseball-wise, was raised right because he learned how to play the game correctly, and he's got the build. He's a legitimate ball player. Yeah. Julio just is the guy that we thought he was going to be. Actually, he's more than we thought he was going to be because <laughs> I heard little, you know, mumblings here and there like, Maybe a stint in AAA would help him out a little bit because initially he was, mm -hmm. you know, figuring some things out. Umps weren't giving him the strike zone, but the one thing he always did and the one thing he never did was he was always positive 
and you never saw Julio like slamming his bat or trying to upstage an umpire or having a fit on the way back to the dugout because once again he was raised right. And and again, you know, it's the it's the mental attitude, um, it's a maturity that's definitely beyond his years, and it's really impressive what he has done. And I truly believe that for so many years they've talked about rebuilding and we need to build and rebuild. Quietly, they built one heck of a foundation in the minors. Mm. They found players like Julio, Haggerty, all these other guys who just came in and played really, you know, from small to, to big pieces. But now by signing Julio and acquiring Castillo, whether that's going to be a long-term thing or not, it's still yet to be, you know, discovered. But they've shown that what we're doing is not building, we're fortifying now. Mm. Julio will create an atmosphere where players want to come here. They will want to play alongside this kid. This kid is a star. This kid is a star. He's going to be a bigger star. If he can stay healthy and maintain the number one ability necessary to survive in any sport is availability, mm. then this kid is going to do some incredible things, and other guys are going to want to be here and take part in that. As a play-by-play -play announcer, when Julio is batting, what kind of things are you anticipating? Because it seems like when he's batting, anything's possible. Yes, 100%. And, and it's kind of the good and the bad is that being I only work the, uh, the home games, I have the advantage of just being a fan when they're on the road. Mm. So I'm on my couch. I'm not broadcasting a game. I'm just watching it, excuse me, from a fan perspective. And when it comes up to hit, it doesn't matter if he's 0-2, 3-0, whatever the count may be. I know that he's going to put up a good at bat. And if he doesn't get the hit necessary or whatever in his at bat, he's going to help whoever's batting behind him. Again, reminds me a lot of Edgar Martinez, mm. where you could study kind of the, the repertoire and the situational pitching that you're getting from the opponent when Julio's up there because he's going to see a lot of pitches and he's going to foul some off. And he just has the discipline, man. Like, mm. if he gets called out on a strike, a lot of times, you know, most of the time, it's not a strike because he has such good you know, zone consciousness. Like, he knows where the pitch is, and he can see it, and he can call it. I mean, he's, what, 21 years old? I know. So he's got those 21-year-old eyes <laughs> <laughs> that are trained to see rotations right. and things. I, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it back then. But um, I always expect that something is going to happen, but whether he succeeds or fails at that at-bat, the one thing you're always going to see is his attitude is always positive. And I think that that's something that just resonates across the fan base. It gives kids someone to idolize because the guy is always even keel. Yeah. And that's and that's important. He's he realizes that he is getting paid well and going to set his family up very well for the future. Playing a game he's been playing since he was a child. Mm. Who's an X factor on this Mariners team? Haggerty. Ah. 100%. I I had been, you know, kind of watching, you know, not a casual observer cuz I'm Right, all in you're in it every day, yeah. But I'm here and I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, so he's had 50 summit bats. He's mm -hmm. batting 300. Okay, let's see what happens after 100. After 100, he still has a 300 average. Right. And then his speed from first to second stealing bases, the guy is a problem, and he's an X factor. He's the guy that they bring in the pinch hit and can make things happen. He's a spark plug, and he has definitely demonstrated and proven that he has a place um, on this roster and in the lineup. How excited do you get to call 
an Andres Munoz strikeout. Man, that guy is incredible. <laughs> Isn't he? Yeah, Los, from Los Chichos, Mexico, man. That's the guy. He is He is a monster. I mean, I, I love watching him up there, man. He's got He's got that look where it's kind of like the babyface assassin. You know, he kind of looks <laughs> like a kid, but he's throwing 100-plus, man. That's nasty. Mm -hmm. And when he throws that on the inside, I don't care what side of the, the plate you're hitting from, man. That's some scary stuff to have to contend with. That guy is awesome. Yeah, he's incredible. I can't imagine hitting against that. No. no I, I just that stuff. Like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, man. How about the combo of the young guys, Gilbert and Kirby so far wow. this season? Those guys. I mean, Gilbert, I love it. I was watching him the other night here at home mm -hmm. where he got out of the jam. You know, he had runners at first and third. And, you know, he was kind of pitching a, you know, he was blanking. Um, forget who the team was if that was uh the white Sox or cleveland but all of a sudden he gets the final out and he comes off the mound and he just pounds his oh, chest yeah. and he's just fired up you know because you know he gets it you know and he has a style that when he is on he is really hard to hit mm. you know and he can throw that fastball he must have thrown like 10 fastballs in the in that final at bat or in that final uh sequence to get the final two outs in that inning and just went to it because he has all the confidence in the world in his fastball. And then you have Kirby, who's just this young guy that really understands what he's doing on the mound. And both of those kids are going to have, in my opinion, if they just stay on course, they can have really, really wonderful careers in baseball. There's no question. I'm thinking about the schedule and what's left. And I was thinking about it from your perspective. You do all the home games. And... You know, once the Mariners are done next week with the Padres, long road trip, they come back, and it's here, the last homestand yeah. of the season. Yeah. I mean, you will be on the mic calling, and who knows at this point what will be on the line, right? They'll be in the mix one way or another. Yeah. I, I think, mean, what, what, what do you think about when you know you're going to be calling those type of games in the you final know, week? It, it's been a long time yeah. since we've, again, games of consequence so late in the season. Um, I think what's better about it this season is that we have that opportunity. There's three spots that we can get into the playoffs on. I think we're going to end up higher than, you know, the third mm -hmm. spot. But um, I just think it's going to be electric. I think the fans are going to be all over it. And that final homestand is just going to be nuts. And I can't wait. I love it when the energy gets up. Our energy gets up. Steve has to pot things down because I get a little bit too excited in there. Yes. But it's been a while, man. Games of consequence. It's just it's awesome. I, 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 am, I don't even have the words. I just I cannot wait for that to happen. Even as it's closest tonight's game and tomorrow's game. You know, mm. it's just everything here matters. And everyone's watching scoreboards and everybody's playing. But, you know, this is what we get dressed for. You know, like Julio used to say, rest in peace. He didn't lace up to go 500. He laced up to get into the playoffs and win the World Series. That's how you start with, the, you know, your mindset, your mentality. So this team now is definitely demonstrating that things are changing in Seattle. We're no longer, you know, that team that, you know, finishes under 500, doesn't make a playoff game. This is a team that's building for the future. We're fortifying now. Mm. The building is done. Now we're fortifying. Well said. Alex, my friend, thanks for coming over. Oh, this was thank fun. Thank you for having me. And we'll do it again soon. Yes, sir. 
And we pay tribute to the great Roberto Clemente. We talked to one of his former teammates when we were in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, Steve Blass. It was an honor uh, to spend 10 years with him and watch him play. Uh, I tell people, I think I mentioned it the the other night when we got together, that uh, he had the gift of turning a 10-year Major League veteran into a 10-year-old kid because you didn't want to take your eyes off him. You didn't want to miss anything he did. He played right field. It was like it was choreographed. I mean, watching him, uh, I, I would give up line drives to right center down the right field line and just watching him do his thing. He played it with such grace. And, uh, you know, we talk about all the humanitarian aspects of, of Roberto Clemente, and, and they're very justified, and it's uh, amazing what he did off the field. But my vivid memories of watching him perform, uh, we were all good major league ball players, and you've got to be real good to get there. He had a presence that was a notch or two above that. I mean, he had a presence kneeling in the on-deck circle. <laughs> but uh, it, it was it was just a, a gift. Uh, I'm from a small town in Connecticut. He's from Carolina, Puerto Rico. What are the chances that our planets would have aligned yeah. and we would have crossed paths? Baseball brings people together. It really does. It really does. So uh, just to be, be a teammate, I tell people, people ask me all the time, what was he really like? I said, well, I'll give you an idea how good it was because – uh, you know, you have batting practice, and it's structured 4:15. You come out, and guys wander out on the field. You pick up a ball, and you throw it back and forth mm-hmm. until it starts. Well, for 10 years, for various times, uh, during the summer months, I would have a chance to play catch with Roberto Clemente. How many people in this city of Pittsburgh would give their right arms to play a little catch? You know, you, yeah. you, you think about those kind of – and the simplicity of that. Just standing, you know, but let's play a little catch with Roberto Clemente. <laughs> I mean, and then to, to, to watch him, what he did. And in that World Series that we won, I think the whole baseball world finally had a chance to see what we had been seeing in uh, Pittsburgh for, for 20 years. And, uh, you know, he, he won the MVP. He got a car. And the next spring I said, you know, Roberto, you, you should have got the car. But, you know, I thought I should have got at least the tires. <laughs> and then he said something to me in Spanish that I can't repeat. <laughs> but uh, it was just, it, it was a treat uh, to be a teammate of his for, for 10 years. And, uh, you know, just a, a quick story. After everything settled down and we're on the airplane coming back from Baltimore after the last out, he was going to be interviews. I was giving an interview. So we're on the plane before we, we take off. And uh, he got up out of his seat with Vera up above and came back three or four rows I was sitting uh, by the window, my wife in the aisle, and Clemente came back and said, come out here, Blast, let me embrace you. Wow. Because we hadn't talked since the last hour. I would have climbed over six elephants. <laughs> and I got out in the aisle, and I, uh, he gave me a hug, and oh. I didn't say a word. I, did just, I just held on. It was one of, it's one of those moments that, that, you know, every once in a while uh, uh, when it's real late and you put your feet up and have a glass of wine yeah. and think about things. Roberto Clemente called me out to give me a hug after the seventh game of the World Series. Wow. I mean, it, How great you, is you that? can't buy that stuff. No. Yeah. Pirates great Steve Blass is our guest here on the roundtable. We can look at his numbers offensively. We can get a good feel for what he was like as a hitter. For those of us who didn't have the honor to watch him play in person, can you tell us what it was like to be in the middle of the diamond and watch him make a throw from right field? Oh, it, was, it, it never got old. In fact, he made two throws in that World Series that did not result in outs some, almost 50 years ago now. Uh, he went over and made a 360 turn on the line uh, going from his right field position and then threw a strike to Richie Hebner at third. Didn't get the guy out. He went on the warning track down in the right field corner. It was like a ball, uh, like a hockey puck going around the boards, picked it up, 
and threw a better strike to Sanguian than I had all day. And they didn't come in from third. And so watching him make those throws and the grace that he played. Uh, and he did the basket catch. I mean, there was never any issue. So if you, if you can put this all in, in a visual, I had Mazeroski at second, Stargell at first, and Clemente in right field, three Hall oh, of Famers. My. So I said, just hit the ball in that direction. I'll go get a sandwich, <laughs> and when I come back, you'll be, done, you'll be out. But Clemente, uh, he, he just did outstanding uh, things. And then uh, uh, with, with, with the way he hit, he, hit off the, he did all the things wrong, hit off his front foot, uh, swung a 40-ounce bat all summer, every year, and just... Uh, uh, did a, amazing. Could look so awkward hitting, and then oh yeah, yeah, he's hitting three twenty four. <laughs> but uh, it, it, you just didn't, never wanted to take your eyes off him. It was, it was a, an absolute treat being with him. Such a great day to be here in Pittsburgh celebrating number twenty one. What does he mean to the game of baseball? Well, his legacy just will not quit. You know, every every year there's a a movie about him, or a documentary, or a book, or an article, uh, a, a street named after him, a playground. Uh, and, you know, there are a lot of great players that have sustained legacies, but I don't know. This is almost 50 years later, and he is still in our consciousness here in Pittsburgh. Uh, and uh, we, we were so lucky to have him, but the legacy just goes on and on and on. And I think it's, it's because of the humanitarian aspects of his life that were in place before he died in that plane crash. I mean, yeah. he, he wouldn't suffer fools. Uh, he turned down a commercial after the World Series because his teammates were not invited to be in the commercial right. uh, local thing. So, uh, And he, he had an awareness, uh, I think, of the world around him, uh, not just baseball. So there, he, he was aware of what made things go around. And Aaron Goldsmith, the chance to catch up with Roberto Clemente's son, Luis Clemente. What that did, he opened the doors for those to follow, and uh, Edgar just rolled that that wave, you know, and he he did he did it perfectly, and um, like I say, you know, I think that that in his short career and his short life, he was he died at 38, um, is amazing the impact he had on people, and thank God that Edgar picked up on that and and took it to the next level. What is the pride of Puerto Rico for people? in this game, especially the people like your father, like Edgar, who have achieved such greatness? Well, you know, uh, when you're born in Puerto Rico, you have a special pride that is indescribable. You know, that, there was no other way he would have it. All three of us, his son had to be born in Puerto Rico. Um, and that always knew he represented the Latino players, Puerto Ricans and, and abroad. Actually, not too many people know that that was a co-founder of the Major League Baseball Players Association and the first meetings took place in Puerto Rico. And um, so what he brought to the game, it was it was amazing. Um, and, and he felt that he had the compromise to open those doors for the rest of the players that were coming behind him. And uh, Edgar was one of them, you know, he felt, he felt that was his uh, role model to follow. And I cannot tell you how many people how people actually react to sports, the sports figures in Puerto Rico are heroes. You know, uh, there's uh, uh, the World Series, there's uh, the World Cup, you name it, everything stops in the island, everything. Right now there's a Pan American Games and everyone's watching, you know, and every time I get I get messages of how another medal and whatnot, you know, very proud. Uh, Puerto Ricans are very proud, people have a lot of pride in, in our culture and what we, in our achievements. And I think that everyone's going to be watching tonight and rooting for Edgar. 
your dynamic with your father is so unique. Of course, you're just a young, young boy when he tragically passed away. What are some of the stories? Is there a story or two that stands out to you during your travels, your journeys around Major League Baseball of, of people who knew your father better than you sadly had the chance to know him about your dad? You know, there's, if you listen to people speak, you would think that was not even human. You know, there's nothing negative. There's nothing, you know, it, it's, it's like they're talking about a saint. It's like they're talking about uh, sacredness. Um, and, you know, I said, but he was human. You know, there had to be something he had to do that, you know, made him human, right? And this is, oh, you, you will not understand. But, Dad, um, I think the most impressive thing to me is how he impacted people. And someone like Tom Vilsack, former Secretary of uh, U.S. Agriculture, mm -hmm. And he said he was in a game where dad hit 14 foul balls, 15 uh, pitch, he hit a home run center field. But Willie Stargell hit the, lo the longest home run immediately after, so he took away from that moment. So as a kid, uh, he's when, when they went to take the field, he said that um, he yelled at dad, way to go, Roberto. So dad stopped, took his cap and tip and look at him, kind of like uh, thanking him for recognizing that what he did was a value, right? He says, that marked me for life. Someone at his stature told me uh, my fondest moment as a uh, Secretary of Agriculture was waiting for President Obama to come with the Pope, to meet the Pope. And he's telling me this while we're in, my, in mom's house in Puerto Rico. And he says, being here with your family matches that moment. So it's like, wow, you know, so for someone to say that, that's, that's very impressive. So, you know, many, many stories, many stories. I've had people who while others are asking for my autograph or a picture, I had this lady in Pittsburgh uh, uh, that she said, uh, all, I, all I want is a hug. And when we hugged, it was, we kept getting tighter and tighter. And, and it was like, I felt dad really giving her that hug and she felt it too. And she was, I was in tears, she was in tears. No words had to be spoken. I mean, it's, it's amazing. That impact is still so strong today. Luis, my goodness, you look like a million bucks. It's so good to have you here in the ballpark. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thanks. Great to be back in, in Seattle. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.